Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is evangelist Justin Cooper coming to today from somewhere along the Revival Trail. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I hope you're having a great day today. I hope that you've been busy and blessed while you serve the Lord. And I hope you've already spent some time in prayer and studying the Scripture and finding somebody to witness to. And if you'll do those three little things every day, it'll make a big difference in your life. It sure is good to be saved, and it's good to serve the Lord. And the Christian life is the best life. I don't know how lost people navigate. I don't know how they make it through the world that we live in today without the Lord. And I'm glad I've learned to lean upon Him, trusting not my own understanding, but trying to acknowledge God in all my ways. And guess what? He has good so far, been good at directing my paths. God is so good to us. And I tell you this, if you'll just trust God with it, God is better at it than you, you are and better at it than I am. And uh, he'll take care of his children. Sure is good to be saved. I hope you're doing well today. You might find yourself I hope not, but you might find yourself uh, in a nursing home listening. You might be in a hospital. Maybe you're in the midst of a family tragedy or sorrowing over the loss of a loved one. Maybe you're in a time of uncertainty in your life, or maybe you're just on top of the mountain. But whatever it is, know this. God knows all about it, and God knows what you stand in need of, and you can trust God. If he was good in the sunshine, he's good in the shadow. And if he was on his throne in the good days, he's on his throne in the bad. And I'm praying that God will minister and speak to you as we even study our Bible together today. Now, here in Genesis chapter number 3. Genesis chapter number 3, a new chapter for us. This will be our first look into this third chapter, but my, what an important chapter it is. Now, all of your Bible, of course, is very important, but you'll find there are some chapters in the Bible that seem to tower as so pivotal and is so uh, just not just earth-shaking, but eternity-changing. And chapter 3 would be one of those chapters now, up to this point in Genesis, God has been creating. God has been creating everything that is, everything that has been, and he's creating it all, and he's doing it perfectly. He'll look back on his creation and says, it is good. At the end of chapter 2, we saw that God made man, the little uh, summary of that account, and then God provided man with and helped meet, and from Adam came a rib, and God made Eve or a woman from the side of man. And we talked about how God's plan is for man to have companionship, and that companionship comes through the female. Not male and male, not female and female. That is an abomination, an oddity. Even in the natural world, we can see the animal kingdom has better sense than that. But here it is in the scripture. God designed it, man and woman, and the man leaves his father and mother, cleaves to his wife, and she the same. We don't see that much today. Today we see folks who just want to stay uh, perpetually shacked up or they're just going to date one another forever so they can live in their parents' home and bum off their own uh, insurance and not have to take care of themselves. But that's not the Bible way. And that is the death knell on a society, if you will, whenever the family 
structure is undermined and the family is devalued and God help us we need to follow the biblical example here in Genesis chapter 3 we're going to look here in verse number 1 now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made now when we talk about the serpent now this is the first mention uh, in your Bible, though there is a record of Lucifer prior to this when he was cast out of heaven. But the serpent here is not the snake necessarily as you know it today. But this creature in that time uh, is the devil. The devil has entered into the picture. He steps into the garden. And by the way, the first time in the scripture here in Genesis 3, as Satan enters into the picture, he corrupts the scene. That's what he always does. When the devil uh, gets in on something, he always destroys destroys it. Sin is a destructive force. So the serpent was more subtle. That means he's sly, crafty, uh, like a fox, if you will. More subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, now watch this, the first area or the first way that the wicked one attacks Eve is he begins to try and cast doubt in her mind on the authority, authenticity, and accuracy of the Word of God. He says, yea, hath God said. Now watch this. Even in that statement, there's a very condescending tone. He's like, well, did God really say that? You know, you'll find that sometimes when your children have a rebellious friend. And that friend will start talking bad about your parenting to your child and say, well, your dad's a little bit hard or your mom's a little bit over the top. And just trying to plant little seeds of doubt that would spring up into rebellion uh, in the life of those young people. Well, that's what the devil's doing. He's saying, hey, did God say this? You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, in the way that he's saying that, he's saying, was God so over-the-top outrageous with his expectation that he said that you can't even eat anything uh, here in the garden, that you've got, you, you can't eat any of the fruit that we see here? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, Eve does not directly accurately quote the word of God and she gives it her best go but she, she, she misses it just a little bit. Watch this attack. This attack is on what God said. The law of God, the expectation of God, the word of God. There is such a movement in our day of the same. The thing is the source is not coming from one who looks like a serpent often is coming from those who stand behind a wooden pulpit and say that they are a shepherd of a flock. And they are casting doubt on the Word of God. They are saying, well, we don't have a perfect Bible. Well, maybe there's a better manuscript out there. Well, there's a few errors in this thing. Well, you know, most of it's right, but there might be some where there's a little bit of a, of a fuzzy little gray area there. Can I say that is satanic? That's all that that is. If the devil can get you to doubt the Word of God, you are going to be a dead man walking, if you will. Your faith is going to be diminished. Your joy is going to be diminished. Your vision is going to be diminished. Uh, everything about your Christian life is going to take a downward spiral. So we have to be careful about that. I, I don't want to hang around that crowd that doesn't believe we have a Bible. I don't want to listen to a preacher preach that doesn't believe he has a perfect Bible. I wouldn't waste my time doing what I do, traveling the country, preaching here at our church, doing this radio broadcast. If I didn't think I had the Word of God, it wouldn't be worth your time to get out of bed, turn on your radio, or drive to church and hear somebody preach if it was just their opinion, their thoughts, or, hap or, or what could happen or what might happen, or maybe this is what it means. No, we have the Word of God. It is the final authority. It's forever settled in heaven. God promised to give it to us and preserve it, and he has. He's 
kept his word, just like he always does. But you see this dialogue begins. Now, one thing that sort of bothers me about chapter 3 is that Eve was not taken aback when the serpent began to speak to her. You would think maybe Eve would say, wait a minute, we've never talked before. Why are you so interested in me now and why are you questioning God? But Eve is comfortable having a dialogue with this serpent. That tells me maybe she had fellowship with him before. I don't know. But maybe she'd gotten comfortable with him. And what a lesson it is there. You better be careful who you hang around. You better be careful who you fellowship with. You got to be careful what kind of bridge you build into where you're building it to because that source might seem to be okay at first, but it might corrupt you toward the things of God. I remember an old preacher said, he said, I've got to watch myself in fellowship. He said, I don't really fellowship with liberals. Now, listen, we surely don't preach with them or have them in to preach. He said, but even being friends, he said, I, 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 I watch it very carefully. He said, because it is easy to love a liberal. And he said, you get around them, he said, they're against nothing. They're for everything. It's just easy to like them. And he said, the problem is this, I can control who I allow to influence me. But once I allow them to influence me, I cannot control how they do that. And he said, I don't want to end up like they are. So I try to watch and guard my fellowship. So I think Eve here might have had a problem with separation. She might have had a problem in the area of fellowship. And that fellowship leads her into a problem. And we're going to see that in our next Bible study. Not just Eve, but Adam and then you and I as well are all going to be impacted. All because of this conversation that she had with what I would call the wrong crowd. She's very comfortable. She's just talking with this serpent. And he's getting her to begin to doubt and question the word of God. And here before long, we're going to see the flesh begin to take over and soon sin will enter into the picture. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Make sure you join me next Bible study. Until then, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.